Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. Well, hello, everyone, and it is great to be back, and I hope that everyone has a safe and happy Fourth of July weekend. I am very happy myself, just knowing that finally this podcast is out there uh, almost three months to the day since I first got the idea of presenting this podcast, just thinking I, I, ha- I know all these people, all these friends, all these acquaintances, and then I, I know people who know others who work in this field. A lot of people, a lot of actors have no idea what's going on in the pit. And a lot of musicians, well, they've chosen other lines of work, but uh, either they don't understand what's what the pit is all about, or maybe they've had some wrong ideas about it. Well, I'm really excited because now that I got that first episode out of the way where it was a solo episode, hopefully my only solo episode on this podcast series, I'm finally able to bring in guests that will tell you Uh, Just what a wonderful and interesting opportunity it is to play live music for musical theater. And I couldn't think of a better guest to start with than my good friend, Alan Beck. Alan Beck is not only one of the most accomplished guitarists that I've known, um, and one of the most fun guys to work with on a pit, but he's, he's knowledgeable on sound, He's very good with jazz. He's he's a good actor and a singer, which we'll talk about. Uh, but he's also a very nice guy, and not to not to be the one to perpetuate stereotypes. But some instruments kind of have certain personalities associated with them, and I would say mostly that's that's false. It's it's fun to joke about, but sometimes. You do come across guitarists uh, who have a bit of a diva complex. And Alan Beck couldn't be further from that. He's very humble. I think far too humble for his actual abilities. Uh, But it's just a joy to know him as a person, a great person who happens to be a very good musician and a very good colleague to have in the pit. To play guitar for musical theater nowadays, you have to be quite accomplished. You have to know a lot of styles, as we're going to talk about. You have to be able to read music. You have to be able to play by ear. Uh, It's really astounding amount of skill that it has. So if you can do it well, uh, we could almost forgive the size of head you would have to be able to do all that. Uh, But you will not find that with Alan Beck, and I'm really looking forward to presenting you our interview And before I do that, I just want to remind you just a few things. First of all, uh, if you're enjoying this episode, please rate it five stars um, on Apple Podcasts. Please make sure you're subscribing. Uh, There are three episodes out today. This is the second of three. Uh, The third one uh, is going to be uh, with percussionist Jim Brandt, and you can uh, go to that right away. Um, The other episodes are going to be coming out uh, every Friday, And I'll go ahead and tell you definitely for the next three weeks. But uh, how far we go beyond that is really largely contingent on uh, how much we can be seen. 
So I can't stress enough, please share this podcast with your friends. Uh, please rate it five stars. Uh, I'm going to be emphasizing that early on until uh, we get some traction, but I think this podcast has a lot of potential. I've already thought about some really big guests uh, that we can bring on with the, within the industry, but it has to be a podcast that I can say with full conviction is a podcast that's being noticed. So again, please help us uh, help be the audience members uh, that you can you can tell your friends in maybe a month or two. I am I am part of the reason why that podcast is now a thing. While why why it has some traction, why it's on its feet. That's something you can say uh, with a five star review, with sharing, and uh, I'm just excited. Let's do this. And I'm very happy to have as my first guest with me today, Alan Beck. Alan, how are things been going during this time? Going okay. Um, I'm still able to to uh, do some uh, other work, um, but you know, from the musical side, obviously uh, there's no gigs, and um, so you know things are things are a little different right now. But but uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I hear you. The only things that I'm able to do are what people want as far as recording. I'm thankfully doing quite a yeah. bit of that. But, uh, yeah, getting out in public is not really a great option right now. No. Um, I was just thinking, this is almost the five-year anniversary of us working together for the first time, and that was uh, Greece, the high school version. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, you know, I had forgotten. I was thinking about that... Uh... The, the show we did in Winston that was, and I can't even remember what the name of it was because it's a lot of shows back, but it was that show about the guy who was having his 30th birthday and it was a crisis and he was a Sondheim fan. Yeah, that was Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, that was a fun, fun show. Actually, has it's funny that I can't remember the name of it, but, but the show itself has some special memories for me. Right, yeah, uh, and Tick, Tick, Boom, you can call it one of two things. You can call it the other show of Jonathan Larson, since he's known for Rent. <laughs> right. Or I like to think of it as the little show that could, because uh, the theater that did it, they they didn't really expect it to sell many tickets. I don't even know if it, it may have been one weekend or or like a, a Saturday, yeah, Sunday thing. Yeah, I don't thing. remember. But we had, to yeah. add on, we had to add on shows, and it was yeah one of the few shows where the band outnumbers the cast. There's... Three members That's in the right. cast, but there's keyboard, guitar, bass, and drums. Yeah, but I was but back to Greece, the high school version. I was just thinking that that's a funny way to cut a show because uh, there's a whole big uh, subplot of Rizzo with uh, her right. pregnancy, and the way they took care of that in the high school show is one of the other characters says, "Rizzo, you seem really grumpy today. What's going on?" And she says, "It's a long story." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And th that whole thing is just not there. Right. So. <laughs> okay. Alan plays guitar. And um, I think a lot of listeners who aren't musicians, they may hear that and they may think of one instrument. They may think, uh, you know, if they're into like bluegrass or country, they may think of an acoustic guitar or depending on what kind of rock or alternative they're into, they may think of a certain type of electric but guitar is really a class of instruments, so um, right. All right, you don't you don't have to tell everybody like how many instruments you have, but describe some of the instruments you've played for shows. Yeah, well, one of the great things about playing for shows is that 
um, there's so much variety. And so you get to play a lot of different kind of guitar, a lot of different kind of music and different instruments. And so I have a lot of electric guitars and, and, um, you know, if you're a guitar player, then you, you understand why you, you know, you need, um, you need a bunch of them. Um, I mean, a, you can't have too many guitars, but the other is that, you know, they, they have distinct sounds, distinct, um, kind of characteristics and they work well for different kinds of music. So, you know, my workhorses are my, my Strat, my Fender Strat, my Fender Telecaster. I've got a Ibanez AS155 that is a, a great semi-hollow body. I've got a bunch of others that I play. And then, of course, um, some shows call for nylon string, and uh, sometimes I use my full-on classical. Sometimes I use my Godin uh, nylon string electric, which is a great guitar. And then you got your steel string acoustic. And then sometimes shows call for, you know, maybe a mandolin or things like that, which either I'll do that or I'll imitate that on an acoustic guitar because you can do that pretty effectively in a show. Probably one of the most fun shows. I won't say it's the best show, but one of the most fun shows we've done is Rock of Ages. Oh, yeah. And that I rem- was a blast. And I remember when right. I asked you to, to play that, uh, you know, there's the famous Bon Jovi solo at the beginning of Dead or Alive, or whatever. Is that the song? 12-string guitar. And I remember yeah, you yeah. you said, well, I don't have one. And and then you contacted me maybe a, a day or two later. Never mind, I got one. <laughs> so I don't right. know. Did you yeah. buy one or did you borrow one? <laughs> no, no, I I borrowed one. I I just I don't own a twelve string because I I just almost never really have a a call for it in in what I do. But that tune, it really if you're gonna do it justice, really needed a twelve string, you know. So I I just found a buddy that was willing to let me use one. Yeah, that's pretty iconic. So you kind of have right. to have that in there. Right. I figure this podcast could be very long if I asked each guest how they got into music <laughs> and all, oh, all the experiences gosh. you've had along the way. <laughs> but uh, if we can maybe start with your connection to theater. Right? What, sure. How old were you and what, what got you involved in theater? Well, uh, now, um, I was involved in theater when I was in high school. Uh, that's how my wife and I met, actually. But I, and, and actually the first musical I ever played, um, was, uh, in high school. And, um, I think I was like 15 years old. Um, and, uh, it was Godspell. And, um, now I really, after that, uh, wasn't directly involved with, um, theater playing again for many years. Uh, in fact, now I played, you know, jazz, I played a lot of classical, um, of course, over the years, I played in bands and I had rock gigs and, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I also spent a number of years um, as a music director at a contemporary kind of guitar driven church. Um, and so, you know, played a lot there. Um, but really what happened was um, my oldest child was playing father in Children of Eden. And, you know, and I think. I think what happened was the guitar player just dropped out or something and they kind of had this emergency. And since it was his show and, you know, they, they, he mentioned to the music director, well, maybe my dad could play it. And I just said, yeah, sure. And I just did it gratis, you know, because it was my kid, you know, playing, uh, doing the show and, uh, really enjoyed doing that. Um, 
and they just liked me. And so then I just ended up getting a lot of calls to do a lot of shows and it just sort of built from there. And uh, really grateful for that, actually, because um, that's some of my favorite playing really is playing in in pit for uh, for shows. Uh, yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, you mentioned your oldest son. Uh, you you have two children who have been very active in theater, and I was just and that probably means a lot to you as far as your perception of theater. Yeah, well, actually, three of them. My um, my oldest son, my third son, um, just graduated this weekend, if you can call it that, uh, because nobody could hold a graduation uh, from from Western Carolina, and and uh, his uh, degree is in uh, musical theater. And um, and then my daughter also has done uh, my who is my youngest. She's done a lot of uh, a lot of theater and 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 loves it. Her interests are varied and she's younger. She's 16. My second son has a has a guitar degree, uh, but he was he's never been into theater. Interestingly, though, um, in the last few months, there were a couple of shows that called for two guitars and I talked him into coming and playing. Uh, second guitar with me and he just really had a lot of fun with that so he's he i think he's got gotten uh he's bitten by that bug yeah we just so, need this bug to go away and then we can <laughs> yeah oh man i know it yeah don't yeah, we all? I probably remind everybody so uh you know these first few episodes of this podcast we're recording way ahead of the release date i don't know when this comes out what the health situation will be, but you know, this is during the COVID-19 pandemic and musicians everywhere, uh, especially performing musicians don't have a lot of options right now. We're, uh, or, well, well, we have different options, I guess I should say that, but, uh, some, some, some don't though, if performance in, in front of live audiences, the way you have to go, we're, we're really just kind of waiting and, uh, you know, from what I hear, uh, as things open up, your bigger theaters may be the last things to open up right after, like, you know, crowded football stadiums and things like that. But uh, but hopefully, you know, we can go from small to big and get these, you know, get the theaters open again and and have our pits back. Right. I, I don't know if you keep a count. You have a rough idea. Uh, how many, so I tell you, we'll keep it separate, not as an actor. We'll talk about that in a moment, but, but just as a guitarist in a pit, how many productions do you think you played? Well, I was thinking about that. I guess, um, you know, I've been really active in pit work for the last six or seven years. And I guess I do, I probably average, you know, 10 to 14 shows a year, um, which is a lot of shows. Um, most years I'm, I'm just going, except for the last few months, I'm just going from show to show. Typically July is slow. Uh, I get a little bit of a respite, you know, during that time. But so I guess that, so that's a lot of shows. I I really hadn't thought about how many shows I've done, but I guess I've done a lot of shows. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a bit per year. I typically will max out around eight or nine shows. I think I may one time have done 10, but more than half of what I do is as a music director. So I'm in there for two months. Right. Uh, so right. this was a question, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. I, um, sp- speaking of music directing, you've, you said you've done that with the church, but you also, um, there was a, uh, I'll go ahead and name this production, Man of La Mancha. You were, yeah, 
that was not a two or three week gig for you. That was several months, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, I mean, the uh, actively, it was probably about a six week. Let me think about that. Maybe it was a little longer than that. Maybe it was a couple of months. Um, so, right. Um, that show is uh, what a what a great fun show that is. It's uh, it's a flamenco guitar show. And um, and the guitar is the accompaniment instrument. There is no keyboard in that show. And so the reason that I needed to be involved for so long was because the cast really needed to be able to rehearse and sing with the guitar and not just with the a piano sort of, you know, trying to imitate what that would be like for them to to um, to sing all those songs. So. I needed to be involved with a good deal of the rehearsal process as we led up to the show. And then the show itself was a month long run. We ran, I think we did maybe about 28 shows or something like that over, uh, over the course of a month. And, um, uh, it was a great experience and it, and it was fun being that, uh, accompaniment instrument also just sort of, you know, anchoring that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Man of La Mancha. And unfortunately this happens a lot in our area, but it, there were two productions by different theaters going (laughs) on at once. But as you mentioned, there's no keyboard book and I was the music director for one. And my niche in this area is that if I'm being asked to music direct more often than not, it's assumed that I'll be playing the piano for the production as well. Unless it's a really large show, like, you know, eight or nine or more than, uh, if there's a pit, I'll conduct. But uh, having no keyboard book, and we had a limited amount of extra musicians we could hire, so I was going to have to play something if we weren't going to have just like four musicians or five musicians. So that is my one and only show on on percussion. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and when I say one and only, I'm just telling future directors out there, there's not going to be a second one. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't want to do that no. again. It was a good yeah, experience. I, I can tell people... Uh, you know, and and it was fun in its own way, but it's uh, it's actually the best part about it is you, you can really conduct well because you got a drumstick in your hand and it acts like a baton, <laughs> and plus, and, yeah. and plus, you know, everybody follows the drummer, so if you, I right. can keep a beat and everyone will stay with me, it was re- so in that way it's pretty good. But it it was great as soon as I got back to piano again. Let's describe some various gigs as a guitarist, because um, I know you've done okay. some, you've done jazz. You think you re- you've actually told me you were classically trained, and had some That's classical right. background. Um, maybe just describe some things you've done as a guitarist outside of theater, and maybe talk about how does that compare with what you have to do in a show. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, of course, jazz gigs are. Uh, very are different from a show there you know jazz gigs you just have to know a lot of songs and um and you do a lot of improvisation and a lot of the jazz gigs that i do the guitar is the comping instrument that is it's the it is the chord instrument i do some gigs where there's also a pianist and it's easier on a guitar player if there is a pianist because you just don't have as much uh work to do but then again i enjoy the work of anchoring the band and being the comp instrument um as well so um that's just it's an improvisational thing and there's a a a certain amount of work to that that is uh, on the spot and um 
you just have to kind of know how a lot of songs go. Um, and then, you know, classical gigs, of course, are very different because uh, you don't improvise in a classical gig. You play the piece, you know, and so and and most of that work. Um, well, it falls into a couple of categories. It's it's church work, um, either for regular services or weddings or, you know, things like that. Um, or sometimes I've even done that just as uh, background entertainment. Maybe you're you're at a country club doing a reception and they just they want classical music to be there. But you've got a repertoire there that, you know, and you and you uh, play, you know, through all that. And then uh, now church work, depending on what kind of work you're doing, um, I when I was music directing, it was a very contemporary church, and it was a, we did a variety of things. It was really a lot of fun because we did a, a variety of musical styles, um, and um, I enjoy that because every week is, uh, is a little different, but you do have kind of a uh, palette of music that you're choosing from throughout the year, you know, when you're when you're working in that way. Um, pit music is different because it's always different. And um, the shows, you know, you mentioned Man of La Mancha, that was really like a flamenco show. And you also mentioned uh, Rock of Ages, which is, is just an 80s rock show. And the whole, you know, the, the plot of the show really doesn't matter. It's just there so that you can get from 80s rock song to 80s rock song, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, um, and, and in a pit, you know, you'll, you usually, most shows I need at least a couple guitars. Sometimes you can need as many as five or six, you know, to do the various different things that you're doing. Yeah. If you ever watch, uh, you know, if you're in the audience and you can see a guitarist, you know, on certain shows, they, they usually have a little ring around them. You've got all these guitar stands and I, I, I would say probably most shows, the average show calls for an electric and an acoustic at the very least, I would think. Right. But, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, even Rock of Ages, I mean, it had so many different types of, you know, I think you had three or four yeah. guitars. And of course, that, that required two guitars because you're basically an 80s cover band. <laughs> That's right. So uh, the one thing that I was thinking about, as you were saying, almost everything else requires specific skills to play with that thing. So if you're playing in a rock band or a church band, you have to you have to have a pretty good ear and you have to be able to improvise with chords. Yeah. If you're playing classical, you you have to read the staff and you have to play what's on the page. But I don't think you can have just one of those skills and do a lot of shows, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, um the thing about playing pit is that if you're going to do it well and if you're going to get a lot of work, um, you have to be able to do all of that. You know, you, you need to be able to read. You also need to, because guitar books for shows really vary in terms of how completely written out they are. You know, you get everything from a, a Jason Robert Brown book that every note is written out and right. And the book tells you you're supposed to play the ink, you know, uh, to, to like, a. I don't know, kind of a country kind of show that's just sort of like chord charts and you got to figure out, you know, what should sound good there and everything in between. So, um, 
you need to read well if you're going to play pit. You need to really understand a lot of different styles, you know, know how to do those. There's a, it's unique work. And, um, and I think in particular for a guitar player, there's a, a broad skill set that you need if you're going to do that. Yeah, well. that's true. And I, you know, one thing I want to get all of the guests to explain while they're on here is just what they think, uh, you know, particular students of their instrument should, should work on if they're going to, to do what we do. And, you know, for guitarists, it just sounds like, well, you need to cover every style. <laughs> you need to cover, you need to learn to read off yeah. of the staff, learn all of your chords well, and, uh, you know, learn how to listen and improvise. And, um, and you would think, you know, so, so you've got to be able to play, you know, the solo from, uh, don't stop believing the journey, the, the, the way, you know, the Sean way Neil played Sean played it. Yeah. And, uh, right. yeah, and then you got to go to a show where you play flamenco guitar and you've got to play a Jason Robert Brown book where you're reading all of the notes. And so you would think, well, per service, this must be one of the highest paying gigs <laughs> around, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not the case. So, mm. so you have to have other reasons of doing this, you know, it can't be, uh, about right. the page. Now you can stay busy working and it's almost like a steady paycheck if you're good on your instrument and people know you in your area. But, um, at the same time, you know, you've described, you have a kind of connection with your family. Are there other things about theater that make it a special gig? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you get to know all the, uh, area musicians who are working in that world. And, um, and and I really enjoy just working with different people. Um, I think that again, yeah, I do have a family and personal connection to theater that uh, you know that we all really love. I I think that um, kind of working on that music and trying to support your cast the best that you can, trying to help them to do what they're doing without fear of what might happen behind them, you know, that, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy those challenges. I, I like the work. Um, and, um, I mean, yeah, you, you need to get paid for it. And, and, um, and, you know, when, when we're not in a pandemic, I can stay working, you know, most of the time, but, um, but you're right. It's not, you know, it's not like it's just this amazing, the, the pay scale rate, you know, Depends on who you're working for. I play for a lot of universities, and um, they they may pay a little better than uh, than most of the you know community theater groups. But you know, I I enjoy the music, I enjoy the work, I enjoy the variety, I enjoy the people. And at, at this point in my life, I just I, I think it's a it's something I just want to enjoy. Right. As a, um, I mentioned in the previous episode of, of this podcast, which was just me, uh, I described there's, you know, various types of theaters that you can be a part of. And I, uh, you know, community theater is on one level. And then I would say probably your, your public school theaters are kind of around that, that same level where you're very inclusive. You don't have to be a professional of any kind to, to get a chance to be in theater. And then, then you get, well, even in universities, there's various levels. I played for one school that they don't have a they don't have a theater program, true. but they have a theater group, 
And, uh, you know, you can be a science major, chemistry major or whatever, uh, and come over and audition for a show. And then I've gone to schools with legitimate music theater programs and some very inclusive. So, you know, if you're, even if you're a classical voice major, you're probably not going to (laughs) be auditioning for, for that. (laughs) And then from there you have your regional professional theaters and then you have your, um, your touring, your touring companies. Um, and then, um. Broadway itself, or I just should I should just say New York itself, because there's a lot of great off-Broadway productions up there as well. So the pay scale is going to fluctuate depending on where you are. Yeah, that's right. Well, I want to talk about um, some of the things you've done in theater that are not necessarily in the pit. Uh, you've been a part of what around here a production that's been a very popular one, the Million Dollar Quartet, where you got to basically share top billing with uh with really four other uh four other guys on stage because i'm counting uh i'm counting the manager in there with that of recreating uh yeah really an iconic recording uh and and your role was carl perkins right that's right yeah that was really a lot of fun um it uh I think I was i'm fifty three now i think I, I was probably fifty the first year we did that and um of course you you're playing a guy who's supposed to be twenty six so you know I'm coloring my hair and all that kind of stuff, and at least i'm I'm reasonably fit you know person so so that was that that worked out fine, but I really had not done any acting to speak of since high school, and I did a lot of acting in high school, but um you know i just I just played. And um, and I have played, you know, there are shows where the band needs to be on stage. And so you're you're doing that. And I've I've spent a lot of time just sort of as a front man anyway. And that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But acting was kind of a a return to something um, that was just a, a lot of fun. I really I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed kind of playing off of my fellow actors and trying to. Uh, learn some things from the, the from the uh, people who do that, you know, all the time. Um, I think, though, the thing that anchored me and kept me okay with with acting at that point in my life, not having done it in so long, was I was also playing my guitar, and right. I had a guitar on pretty much the whole time. And so, having been a front man, it was just it was almost not like acting. It was like, oh, well, this is just being a front man again, you know. And, uh, but pretending that I'm another front man, um, but the show, you're right. It was just really well received and, uh, we kept adding performances and, um, it was, well, what a blast. It's gotta be was. a tough show to cast. Cause you gotta, you gotta get a pianist who can play and play like Jerry Lee Lewis and sing yeah. like him and, and get all the mannerisms correctly. You know, things like even, you know, standing on a piano, um, you've, You've, you've got right. to have uh, some, someone who can play Johnny Cash guitar, sing and impersonate Johnny Cash. You had to not only, um, and of course we've got, you have to have an Elvis, you know. Uh, th- this seems like every good big city yeah. has a few few Elvis impersonators. So, you can, you know, that's that might be the, the least difficult to cast. But, you know, there's good Elvis and there's not so good Elvis. And you had a pretty good one, you know, your two times. And oh, then... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you had to, yes, you had to play, you had to act, but you also had to sing. And, 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 you know, you had some kind of tenor notes in there as well. So, uh, did you have vocal training? Well, it, not formal vocal training. Um, you know, I grew up in a musician's home and I was, 
you know, classically trained. I was around jazz people all the time. And then in high school, um, all my years in high school, I was in the high school choir. Um, and I did make the North Carolina honors, uh, choir when I was a junior in high school. And, um, so I, I would, I wouldn't say I was formally trained, but I was certainly active. Um, and then I, you know, I sang a lot in, uh, with my uh, church gig that I, that I did for many years. So, and I was pretty well, I had done that long enough that, uh, my vocal chops were relatively loose and I was able to, you know, to pull off that show. It did have some high notes, but nothing that was too that, that that I wasn't that I was going to miss pitch on or right. anything like now, that. Now, did yeah. uh, did you or uh, or Tommy, sir, uh, who played Jerry Lee Lewis, were who, which one of you was like the official music director? Tommy was actually the official music director, and uh, and he's a lot of fun to work with. But since it's it's really just a kind of a rock band, um, I, he gave it some direction, but but he, we just kind of worked together on uh, what we were doing. He gave me a lot of latitude to play as I wanted to play. And to be honest, you know, I wasn't always exactly period accurate because I did bring out some licks that were probably right. a little newer than that, but I was just having a good time. Well, with it. yeah, it was a great show. So this is something I want to ask everybody. And, you know, I, and I want to encourage you you don't have to mention any specific. You don't have to mention the show names or any theaters or even what year. But is there a horror story that you want to share with us from playing in the pit? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. To done as many shows as I've done, um, it's remarkably. I've I seem to have missed you know most horror story. I can't say that there's a horror story, but there was this one show where basically the orchestra was divided into the two sides of the stage so half of us were, were on stage left where i was and half of us were on stage right and the music director dropped out of this show i don't know two three weeks oh, before it was supposed to go up so there was no music director and the band was it's i mean you know if you have any experience with them, with that you know that communication and the ability to to cue is important and it made that show really really hard to do um i kind of took the bull by the horns in some cases and just said hey let's just do this you know because we didn't have a music director when we were split up like that um so it, it it was i wouldn't call it a horror story but it was it was difficult um and and in that show actually there were, I think, two different times an actor accidentally unplugged my whole oh, rig, rig nice. during the show. I mean, I had everything taped down and everything, so I'm really not sure how that, how that happened, but here we are in the middle of the show, my whole rig is off. And so I just jump up, plug it back in, get it rebooted, and, you know, picked up where we were. That kind of thing is not normal, but, it, you know... You can't play as many shows as I've played without something bad happening yeah, sometime. You know, actor so. <laughs> or crew person unplugging your stuff is is a it's a big fear. It's actually happened a couple of times in rehearsals, thankfully, but never in in a performance. But uh, you know, I play a, the keyboard I normally play off of takes a full minute to reboot, so it's like it, it's not one of those. It's off, turn it back on. It's a computer, <laughs> and so it so we're right. waiting around yeah. and. And, you know, piano is definitely an instrument that 
you know, you can't hide if it's supposed to play. <laughs> You've got to play, and guitar's the same yeah. way. That's um, right. Well, you've shared some fond memories you've had. Is there is there another fond memory that you want to share um, that from a show? Um, well, there are some shows that are really memorable to me that were great experiences. Man of La Mancha was certainly one of those. Um, I love the show Next to Normal, and I got to play that for a um, university in the area that, that does a really, really great job. And uh, the music director was a guy they brought down from New York, and his process was really fun to, to um, work with. And that's a show also, just to kind of go back to an earlier point. So that's a show where you have a lot of um, finger picking on acoustic, and then you've also got to be able to just really groove and, and jam on electric. So you have to read well, you also have to interpret well, and you have to play a lot of different styles in that. In fact, this music director told me that a friend of his who directed that show um, up in New York told him that he was actually firing guitar players left and right because they could either groove or they could play the finger style and they had to have somebody who could do it, you know, do all those different things. So it's important if you're going to play pit work to really pay attention to those things. Anyway, that that's a real fond memory. Just this year, um, I played, uh, we will rock you a queen musical, uh, for another university in the area. And that was just, that was just, you know, right. too much fun. And it was one that I got to get my son to play with me on and so that was a great memory i i mean there, i got a lot of great memories about shows and uh, and david you and i have played a lot of shows together and we've had some really fun really yeah, fun in fact, times one of those, those speaking of fun one of those was fun home i thought that was uh that was a very good show mm. um but yeah next it to really normal I, I did that probably probably a year before we met and uh uh yeah that is probably if you if i'm forced to pick my favorite show that i've been a part of it's just great music and uh and yeah really quite a challenge i think you there's like four four and seven eight or eleven eight and one song i can't remember (laughs) yeah it's been a while yeah yeah that's it's one of my favorites too to to play i I would jump at the chance to do that again so uh do you have any plans for you know when we're allowed to have theater again do you have any projects lined up any theaters talking about things where you're going to have a gig Man, you know, I don't know because all the theaters are just wondering when they're going to be able to open up. I, what I've I've missed, uh, I actually, um, by the end of June, would have played Shrek for three different theaters um, between uh, April and June. But uh, yeah, we were supposed to be to on one of those, those together. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, was going to play Violet for one of the universities in the area. I really feel bad, especially for those kids who didn't get to, you know, do that show. But that's what fun music. I was really looking forward to that. Um, and I, you know, I don't know what uh, what's going to happen. I, you know, I'm not really getting calls from people because they don't know what to tell you. You know, um, but if we open up, I'm sure. Well, if we are open, I, I'm sure I'll be busy again by you know by September. I, I really don't know how long that's going to take to roll out. You know, right. um, I, I've been taking this time because I'm not out playing. Really, just to just I'm a practicing machine, so I've just been really working on various chops learning a lot more jazz tunes, 
keeping my classical chops uh, good. And I mean, actually, it's been pretty good if you're just if you if you wanted to take some time off just to really work on your chops, then this this is it's been a great time for that. It's just that none right. of us really chose that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so I have a show that uh, it was supposed to be in. Well, actually, yeah. In fact, we should have closed by now. <laughs> it was supposed to be in May, and uh, it's yeah. tentatively for the beginning of October. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not really holding my breath on that. I'm. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, it's yeah, kind of a totally. wait and see. Alan, thank you so much for being on today. Um, where can our listeners follow you if they want to get in touch with you or maybe even hire you for a show? Right. Well, um, you know, I don't keep a page just for my music. I probably should. Uh, but people can find me on, on Facebook. Um, Alan Beck and Alan is spelled A-L-L-A-N. Uh, it's not a very common spelling, but, you know, somebody has to spell it right. You know, um, I do love to play pit. It's, it's, you know, definitely one of my favorite things. And um, so I, I sure hope we can all be back to it soon. Yeah, me too. And I hope we can play a show again together. And uh, just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing your stories and uh, your, just your experiences. And hope we get back to playing guitar soon. Thanks for having me, David. Really enjoyed it. I'm so appreciative of being able to work with Alan Beck and was really honored to have him as the first guest. Just a reminder, there is one more episode to enjoy right away, and that is uh, the episode with Jim Brandt, who is a widely versatile drummer, percussionist, educator, arranger, and he has some wonderful stories to share, so please check that out. Other episodes will be arriving each Friday morning, so uh, please subscribe, please check those out. Special thanks to Mark Parolo for his cover art and to Bill Cisna for providing the introduction to this podcast. All original music is composed and performed by David Lane. For the time being, you can find more about this podcast at davidlanemusic.com slash podcast or at our Podbean page. Please rate and review on the Apple Podcast app and share with your friends. Thank you for listening.